Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 11 to 1, Monday Motivation. Motivation. On LMFM. Yes, the world went dark for my next guest at the age 22, of, of 22. He lost his sight. However, he refused to let this stop him from achieving his goals and he set out to become the first blind man to complete a race to the South Pole. Then in 2010, a fall from a second story window left him paralysed. Again, he refused to let this stop him from living his life to the full. He has dedicated his life to motivating and empowering others to achieve their goals in his work as a motivational speaker and author. And he's also determined to find a cure for paralysis in his lifetime. He continues to break down misconceptions surrounding people living with a disability. He is the absolutely amazing, unbreakable Mark Pollock. And he joins me now for Monday Motivation. How are you doing, Mark? Mark. Great, great, thanks. It's absolutely wonderful to have you on the show, by the way. Thank you so much for taking time out because I know you're so busy. Oh, no, no problem. No problem. Never, never, never as busy as my social media uh, would suggest, <laughs> but not social media. This is <laughs> not <it>. real life. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. But, you know, let's go back to the start of this. You, at the age of 22, things changed drastically for you. You lost your sight completely. I mean, this was something that was kind of a gradual thing for you uh, from a, an early age, I suppose. But what did it feel like when the world did completely go dark for you? Yeah, well, look, it, it, in a way, I it wasn't it wasn't gradual because I, I, I was born very short-sighted, so I had bad eyes. You know, I needed mm. to avoid contact sports and I lost the sight of my right eye when I was five. I had a few operations growing up, but really there was no inevitability about going blind um, for me. And at the time, when I was 22, just about to graduate, just about to go off and start a job in London, and I was rowing for the university and breaking into the senior Irish setup, I had another detached retina, and it just went totally suddenly, turned my life upside down, stripped away my identity, no no work, no study, no sport, no social life, uh, and I really had to um, start again. Start again, absolutely, which, you know, I just, I can't even, I can't wrap my head around that part of it. But not only did you start again, you were just determined to continue with, you know, because you mentioned your love of sport there and you are so active with sports at, the, at that time, particularly. And you go on and you say, I am going to do this. I am going to race to the South Pole. I mean, that to me is just incredible. Where did that idea, though, come from to, to, to do the race, to take part in that endurance race? In the beginning, I couldn't I couldn't leave my bedroom, and over the subsequent ten years, I learned to 
get around Dublin and go to work and go and study and, and my world became bigger and bigger and bigger and I started getting back into rowing and adventure racing and eventually it was 10 years after I went blind that I did this 43-day expedition race to the South Pole but I was I was really just trying to move from this place of um, where I was desperately uncomfortable as an outsider, as a spectator um, and I was trying to just move to a place where I felt normal which was being one of the lads uh, competing again. So really, the South Pole, whilst the backdrop was extraordinary, it was it was really an, uh, an exercise in me feeling normal again, just out racing. Yeah, because, you know, this race is difficult for, for anybody, let alone somebody who's lost their sight. How did you cope during the race itself? Because it is extreme, to say the least. Well, this is the great thing about human human beings. Uh, you always look back, and you, your brain manages to sort of scrub out the tough the tough times. My memory is that it was all crisp white snow and uh, clear blue skies, and it was a, it was joyous. It wasn't. It was freezing. It was minus fifty, sixteen hours a day for forty three days, dragging sledges, really at the at the edge of our uh, physical and psychological capabilities. Um, you know, but that's part of that. I mean, that was part of it. We were sort of walking in the footsteps of Shackleton, Scott, and Amundsen, and, and all of the hardship was why ultimately it gave such a long-lasting sense of contentment. And I think, you know, sometimes, sometimes when things are just too easy, they're they're almost not worth doing. And uh, I think there's something I don't know whether. I think it's a, I don't think it's particular to me. I think it's a human thing. Yes. You know, if if you work hard at something, it matters all the more if you if you get there in the end. Absolutely, and the challenge is part of the journey, as as you mm. say. Mm. But you know, you then in 2010, life threw another whopper at you. Mm. You know, you suffered this horrendous accident which left you paralysed, and you know that that fall nearly cost you your life. Really, didn't it? Well, look at the apps. It absolutely did, and if I, you know, if it uh, went the other way, it would have been a lot, a lot worse. I, I mean, it's pretty bad what did what mm. did happen. I, I, I think I was going to the bathroom, and I, because I'm blind, I used to run my hand along the wall, yeah, find my way. But that night, my hand found a, a an open space where the closed window should have been, and I and I kicked out and fell two stories um, down to not far from where my friends were. Um, sitting having a having a glass of wine, so I fractured my skull, it bleeds in my brain. I suspected torn aorta, and ultimately I broke my back in two places, leaving me paralysed from the from the waist down. So, you know, all of that added to the blindness that had happened ten year ten years earlier, and in a way, the the blindness was. Um, it was a shock, but it was easier than this. I spent 16 months in hospital. I really was on the brink um, of death multiple mm. times and um, slowly started to emerge out of that. And when you emerge out of that and you hear this damage has been done to you and you wrap your head around the fact that you're not going to walk again and you are blind, there has to be moments in your life where you go, there's no, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't a joke. Like this, there, there has to be. Why is this happening to me? Like, is there a God? And if there is, why has He done this to me? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I, you know, I did all of, I, I did all of that, both in the aftermath of blindness and certainly in the aftermath of 
paralysis. And I think it's, I think it's just the way our brains work because we're looking, we're looking in some way for a rational reason for things to happen. Why me? Uh, surely, if there was a god or someone, uh, you know, a higher being in some kind of control, why would they do something like this? And all of those things come flashing into your head at different times. But of course, there's no, there's no answer. There isn't a reasonable explanation. There isn't a, a why me? I wasn't chosen by some mm. higher power for this to happen. So rapidly, I moved. And in fact, I wrote a blog called Optimist Realist or something else, which was largely the, the subject of a TED Talk that yes. I did with. Yes, a very famous TED Talk, yes. And it's, it's really, it's about, you know, I'm, I'm particularly interested in prisoners of war or mm. concentration camp uh, prisoners and how did they survive in those extreme circumstances because they couldn't control. I mean, the, the answer is the same from all of them. They, you often can't control your circumstances, but what you can what you can do is decide how you're going to respond. So I'm, I try to focus on what I can control as opposed to what I can't control. Yeah, and you do this, you've dedicated your life now to, to motivating others and your real drive is, you know, helping others achieve their goals, which, you know, is is incredible. So when you go down this path and you decide to become, you know, a motivational speaker, I suppose, and help others, is that what gives you the reward? Well, I think... You know, I, I, I do various things. I, you know, I do my speaking. We've got this run in the dark event that happens all mm. around the world that I bring people together to try and solve the problem of paralysis. But these are all, in the past, I went to the South Pole and did all these adventure races. Those are all what I do. But why I get up in the morning is because I, I enjoy helping people uh, to build resilience, to work out how they can collaborate with others better so that together everyone can achieve more than they thought possible. So why I do what I do is around resilience, collaboration, and helping people to achieve more. Um, And that plays out in lots of different arenas, but it's been consistent before I was blind, after I was blind, now that I'm blind, I'm paralyzed. Resilience, collaboration, and achieving more. Um, I just find different projects that kind of fit fit into that framework. Yeah. And, you know, recently you had this as well, because, you know, you thanks to the breakthrough in technology and robotics uh, recently, you've experienced what it's like to walk again. And it was wonderful, by the way, I've seen the video of you in the um, I suppose it's sort of like a a kind of like a suit, isn't it? Uh, Where you're walking again and it looks amazing and it brought a tear to, to my eyes and no doubt countless others. But what was that like to put that on and to feel the sensation of walking? Well, you see, I was fortunate enough to do that for the first time in 2012. So I went from two years of not not standing up, not moving, and then I had I had the ability to stand out of, out of my wheelchair with motors at the knees and the hips, wearing a computer on my back, and ultimately to walk up and down in the in the gym. And you know, apart from the physical benefits, and it's not a cure by by any mm. means, but physical and psychological benefits of being upright and walking as human beings have, have evolved to do was so powerful and it took me you know, these things cost two hundred thousand dollars and um what what you probably saw recently was just at the start of september we yes we put uh one of those robots into dcu there in dublin and dcu funded a person to run it so now loads of people can access the device, can come and have a go and experience what I've been able to do 
for for a long time, and and that's you know I'm fortunate enough to explore the fringes. But what I want to try and do is bring some of these technologies back to Ireland, um, so other people can can access them. Which is brilliant. And, you know, given all the breakthroughs that we're having in technology and everything else and all these this work that's been done, are you hopeful that, like, there could be a potential cure or that people could, down the line, walk again? Yeah, well, look, I've I, I, I said that I want to um, cure paralysis in our lifetime. Uh, I don't know if that will be a, a kind of full-blown cure back mm-hmm. to what it was be- like before the accident but it'll certainly be a package a cocktail of interventions that will come together to improve people's lives to the point that you can call the cure and i you know we're seeing some of those technologies coming through external technology there'll be some implanted technology with electrical stimulation and then the next thing will be biological interventions which will take a little bit little bit longer like nerve bridging to fix the damage in the in the injury site you know so I think the first thing is, you know, you gotta, you don't have to do anything, of course, but I find it liberating to be able to accept the good and the bad as a starting point, and and all this cure stuff that I'm talking about is on the hope side of the equation, and um, I, I happen to find the hope side of <laughs> of life um, motivating and inspiring, um, and that's kind of. That kind of keeps me going. Absolutely, because I was just going to ask you when you're having, you know, a really, really bad day and you're just thinking, do you know what? I can't, I can't face today. I just don't want to do it. How do you get yourself out of that? Um, well, it's it's, uh, it's difficult. I think, I think we all we all have have those days. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I do two things. I I always try and try not always successfully, but anchor myself back on the facts. You know because. Generally, when I'm having a really bad day, it's because I'm starting to focus on the problems. And for me, they're very obvious. You know, wake up and I can't get out of bed in the morning until my carers carers arrive. I can't see, can't walk, you know. And if I just focus on the problems, they're overwhelming. But I then have to say, well, you know, I've got, you know, I've got my speaking business and I've got this run in the dark and I've got the opportunity to do, to stand up and walk in my robot and work with all these amazing scientists. So I try and, I try and anchor myself in the facts, which are not all, not just problems, but yeah. they're also some some great things. And then from there, I always flip to the other side, which is um, there's a quote by a, a philosopher. And when I say this, it's like I'm constantly reading philosophy or something. I'm not. It's just <laughs> a quote. But Friedrich Nietzsche said, "He who has a why to live can bear with almost any how." Um, and the idea that if you know why you're doing what you're doing, you can put up with the tough stuff like. When you race to the South Pole, you sign up to race to the South Pole. It's hard. It's cold. You get blisters. You're on your feet for 16 hours a day, right? All the hardships there. But we knew what we were, why we signed up for it, what, why we were there. And on that basis, um, we eventually achieved that goal. So I think knowing, having something to go for, I think is an important part of um, of being human. Absolutely. I love that quote. I'm definitely going to seek that one out. That's for sure. And to, to take it into my own life. Now, we ask everybody at this portion of um, Monday Motivation this question, and I always get such great answers for, for it. But, you know, if you could travel back in time and tell childhood, childhood self, Mark, something, knowing the life that you're going to lead, what would you tell childhood you about life? What advice would you pass on to him? Um... I 
I think I think my parents were doing this <laughs> to me without realizing it. If if you if you just define yourself by your willingness to try, then you can um, pursue success and risk failure without thinking you're an amazing person if you succeed or a terrible person if you fail. If you define yourself by your willingness to try, um, you basically can never lose. Um, and I think I think my parents sort of did that without without putting it into those kind of words. words. But I think it's an I think it's an important place to be. And I've I've since worked well. I've since been reading books fairly recently around. It's actually called psychological safety. Um, if you feel comfortable, uh, defined by your willingness to try, that you can take a risk on winning or take a risk on succeeding, then you can also put up with the uh, potential for losing or failing. I love that. I really do. Mark, I'm getting so many messages for you. Mark is amazing. I'm registered blind too. He's an inspiration. I work every day and raise money for the National Council of the Blind in Navin. Listening to him is very uplifting. There's nothing that we can't achieve. That's uh, coming in from Geraldine in Kells County Mead. That's just one example of the many, many messages. It's great listening to Mark. He's such an inspiration, says somebody else. I mean, I could go on here. But uh, just to finish up, Mark, what do you think then are the key ingredients to living a happy and fulfilled life. Well, it, maybe it follows follows on from from some of the some of the comments from Geraldine and uh, in Navan there and, and so on. Um, I think uh, we all have a bit of drive within us, right? There's 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 got to be something, and I think all of us have have it that we all want to as human beings move forward in life. But there is no hero story. Nobody. Nobody can do it on their own, and I think the important thing is that um, that we have the ability to swallow our pride sometimes and ask for help. I mean, I learned this whenever I went blind, and I mm. had to rely on my guide dog to help me to cross the road. You know, I relied on a dog when I couldn't <laughs> do it myself. So I think it's important that that we acknowledge that we we all have a little bit. We can we can have some influence ourselves, but I think that. That runs out pretty soon if we don't uh, reach out and we'll try and say say when we're struggling, say when we're feeling bad, say when we're uh, when things aren't going well, and try and try and build a, a team of people around us to get where we want to go. Well, Mark, no doubt you have a great team behind you. I wish you so, so much success in life. Thank you so, so much for joining us on the show, for motivating us, inspiring us. Keep doing what you're doing, and thank you so, so much for taking the time out today. Great to talk to you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 